Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast. Today it's episode 22 and we're looking ahead to game week two. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL draft format. This is the first proper episode of the season looking at waiver and free agent prospects for the week ahead. The deadline for waivers this week is Friday the 18th at 11am, so half an hour earlier than it usually would be thanks to the new uh, deadline changes. This season I have the luxury, thanks to fpldrafthub.com, of being able to incorporate ownership stats into these discussions so that I can be sure I'm only talking about players you actually have a chance of getting in your leagues. With the new Draft Universe feature on fpldrafthub.com, I can see that, for example, Castagne has been picked up in 75% of leagues. So in other words, he'll be available to be selected in around a quarter of leagues out there. There wouldn't be much use in me telling you to go and pick up the likes of uh, Luca Dini, for example, when he's currently being selected in 100% of leagues. Obviously, the more competitive leagues, you'll often find a lot of these names have already been hoovered up. So each week, I'll try to highlight some potential gems that have less than 10% ownership. If you're bringing players in, obviously, some players will need to make way. So at the end, I'll highlight some players I feel are overowned and ones that you should be looking to get rid of if they've somehow found their way into your squads. All of the stats I'm using are freely available on the website um, as well as the personalised features for your own team and league. So if you don't believe any of these figures, you can go and check them out for yourselves. But let's get into it. Let's start with the most sought after position then and that's the strikers. So no doubt many of you will have been scraping this barrel during the drafts in the last couple of weeks and found that you've ended up with a front three that really could be improved. Now, I'm going to start with one that's probably quite an obvious one and with around 90% ownership in 10-man leagues. If you're one of the 10% where he's still available, Callum Wilson should be the first name on your waiver list. Scored a goal on his Newcastle Premier League debut and no doubt, injury permitting of course, he will be the guy to lead the line for Newcastle this season. And with the added prospect of a renewed link-up with Fraser, which is likely to uh, be something we've seen in Premier League soon, it should only increase his value in my opinion. There will be very few managers currently sat bottom of their mini-leagues that could afford to turn him down if he's there. The second one is Ollie Watkins. Helped Brentford into the playoffs last season, featuring in all 46 of their league games and scoring 25 goals. It's a shame we couldn't see him wear the Brentford shirt in the Premier League this year, but we still get to see what he can do in the Premier League in an Aston Villa shirt. Once he's settled in, I'm sure he'll be their starting striker and there are plenty of players around him that can create. If Wilson isn't there for you, as I said will be the case for the majority, Watkins would be the next best long-term option to improve your front three. He's currently free in 96% of 10-man leagues, so he should be there to go and get. The last striker I want to mention is Brewster. Um bit more of a gamble. He's already owned in around 10% of 10-man draft leagues by managers that were hoping for a move to another Premier League club. Aston Villa were looking like the most likely pre-season, but obviously Ollie Watkins has now gone there. As of today, Sheffield United seem to be the most likely place where he'll be going, probably on a permanent deal. There probably would have been more upside for him at Aston Villa with with, uh, less competition for that spot, but despite there being 
a real established striker crew at Sheffield, none of them really score enough goals to stake a claim to the starting eleven. And if you ended up with the likes of Joel Linton, uh, Ian Acho, Sharp, Igalo, who have all got pretty decent ownership uh, stats at the moment, he could be a better option for minutes and better upside too. Let's move back and have a look at the midfielders now. Uh, all of the big names are unsurprisingly taken in uh, eight to ten man leagues, but there are still some interesting names here to have a look at. And the first one is Leandro Trossard. So his ownership currently sits around 29%, so relatively uh, underowned, and in my opinion, possibly the most um, underowned or underdrafted player to talk about on this episode. For me, Trossard was somebody that had the potential to be your third midfielder at worst, maybe your fourth, and somebody you could probably count on down the stretch. Uh, it was clear in pre-season that he would probably be playing slightly out of position by accompanying Mopé in a front two. And he started the season well if he's going to live up to the promise. The fixtures aren't too bad for the first couple of months too. So if he's available, he'd definitely be someone that's going to be likely better than your fifth midfielder at the moment. Next is Bowen. Um, relatively well-owned at the moment, currently on 60% ownership in 10-man leagues but likely to be a better option than your current fifth mid if you're in one of those 40% of the leagues where he's still free to pick up. West Ham have not started the season very well, probably unsurprisingly, but I think we saw enough of him towards the back end of last season to know he's one of the more likely ones to feature in their attack. Alternatively, you could look at his teammate Suchek, who um, got quite a lot of press in the normal FPL talk pre-season because of his price only drafted in about a quarter of leagues, so it could be an option with possibly more upside if you want to bet on him getting on the end of some set pieces. He has a pretty impressive goal-scoring record uh, if you look at his previous clubs and already has three goals on his record from last year. The last midfielder then is Ryan Fraser, who I mentioned when mentioning Callum Wilson. He's owned in less than half of 10-man leagues currently, which is more likely due to the timing of when he was added to the game rather than him necessarily being overlooked. I expect he was a solid pick for those that drafted late, but if you drafted on the earlier side, make sure you don't overlook him. On to the defenders then. There's always plenty of value in defence, but there are some names on this list that really probably should have been taken on draft day and they won't hang around uh, the waiver pile very long. The first name on the list is Roman Sace at Wolves, who, uh, along with Gabriel, uh, Arsenal racked up 15 points this week with a goal, a clean sheet and all three bonus points. The Wolves' defence are really a premium crew for FPL and despite lots of upheaval in their wing-back positions, he remains a safe bet. His ownership in 10-man leagues currently stands at 70%, but in 8-man leagues, he is available in 80% of leagues. Those numbers are mad and if you did okay in game week 1, meaning you're lower down on the waiver priority, getting him would be a sensible move and much more than a reaction to his big opening game week. They play Man City in game week two, so many managers will be put off. Wolves play Manchester City in game week two, so many managers will be put off. But if you can get beyond this, he's someone you can set and forget into your team until November at least. The same goes for Connor Cody at the back, who, while not a goal threat, is another clean sheet machine and one who's sure to start. Next, I'm going to talk about a couple of Leicester defenders, and the first is James Justin who managers will be familiar with from the end of last season when Pereira got injured. He's still very under-owned, 
Um, I had my reservations about picking him up on draft day as it looked like he was only in the team so long as Ricardo Pereira was recovering from his injury. But for the opening weekend, we saw him moved to the left side to cover the spot that Ben Chilwell was vacated. And it turned out to be a pretty good performance. Nothing amazing. And the foul he drew for the penalty, you know, wasn't him crossing or driving into the box, but he was there nevertheless. West Brom were not the toughest test, um, a recurring theme, I suspect, this season. But his playing time looks certainly more assured now. He's available in three quarters of 10-man leagues. And in if you're in an eight-man league, he's currently only taken in about 6% of leagues. So almost certainly an option for you. Uh, next is the new signing, uh, Castagna. Not sure exactly how you pronounce his name, but who did not go quite as unnoticed on draft day because you know we we love a shiny new toy. But he is still available in a in a decent number of leagues. Uh, another one who scored in the opening week uh, on his debut, no less, completed 100% of his tackles and take on to two. If he was there, I would definitely pick him up. The next two are both right backs who were on opposite sides of the pitch in the opening game week. Uh, the first being Reese James, who is owned in only a quarter of eight-man leagues, but uh, higher owned in 10-man leagues, about 70%. Got the nod at right back for Chelsea. Um, and along with um, Tarek Lamptey, who I'll mention in a, in a sec, was possibly the best player on the pitch. He's highly owned already, so for many, won't necessarily be there. The gamble here is potentially getting a really high-value position in the Chelsea right-back. But the issue for me is the spectre that is Azpilicueta still lurking in the background and is possibly, in my opinion, still Chelsea's uh, best actual defender when it comes to defending. On the opposite side of that pitch, then, we had um, one of Rhys James' old rivals, Tarek Lamptey, who had an impressive game for Brighton. Definitely one of the first names on that Brighton team sheet now. And as I said, for Trossard, they don't have too bad a run of fixtures. As well as looking like a solid uh, cog in that Brighton defensive machine, he also showed good attacking threat and picked up the assists for Trossard. Um, his ownership currently sits between 3 and 14%, so he'll be there for most of you. Um, expect to see him wavered in this week, so if you want him, pencil him in. The last one, and probably a, uh, seems a surprising one for me, is uh, Lindelof for Man United. He's currently free to pick up in about two-thirds of eight-man leagues and about one in six ten-man leagues. And Luke Shaw is even um, lower ownership than that, probably because Man United had no fixture in game week one and managers you know, were struggling to field 11 players. For now, there's no reason to believe that Lindelof and Shaw won't be first-choice defenders for Man United. And they've got an amazing string of fixtures virtually up to Christmas, so it could be a really nice set and forget player at the back for you finally then let's have a look at a couple of goalkeepers um, both of the ownership stats for these two i think are low because of mistakes that were made on draft day the first one is darlow at newcastle who currently is only owned in about a quarter of leagues and you know likely to feature for some time while debravka is injured newcastle generally not the worst team to rely on for clean sheets so if you were somebody that uh didn't realise how long Dubravka would be out for. It could be an, an easy straight swap for you. And the second one is Melier for Leeds, who is only owned in about a fifth of leagues. Many drafted 
Casilla, uh, he's actually got a higher ownership than Melier in, in across draft leagues. But I think Leeds fans knew Melier would continue as the number one this year. The game at Anfield was great to watch and it was always going to be difficult to assess Leeds defensively away at Liverpool. But the positives from a Leeds point of view are that all of the goals came as a result of set pieces and you would expect Bielsa to sort those issues out, especially from corners. So I wouldn't necessarily rip up the predictions that Leeds will rack up a few clean sheets this year. So as I mentioned at the beginning, um, for a lot of competitive leagues, many of the names I've discussed already, um, you'll find you're in that you know minority of leagues where they've been taken already. So for this section, it's all about hidden gems. So those that have got less than 10% ownership. Um, for the forwards, apart from Ollie Watkins, who I've mentioned already, there isn't really anyone else I could advocate for that's got less than 10% ownership. And I expect after next week, Watkins' ownership will be much higher than 10%, but we'll keep a lookout um, on the radar for some possible hidden gems for forwards in the coming weeks. Uh, I've got a couple of midfield areas to look at, the first being the Wolves midfield, or rather the midfielders who play with Jimenez in that front three, so almost out of position, and that's Pedro Neto and Podence. I really like Pedro Neto, I think I mentioned him once or twice last year. Still only 20 years old, uh, generally only made substitute appearances, last season but given the start in the front three in game week one got the assist for Sace in the from the corner and Podence was the one that put the cross in for Jimenez to finish that really class goal their performance I think would would seem to solidify them um, and from what we saw in project restart I think Diogo Jota is now uh, relegated to the bench he's definitely not first choice 11 these days be hard for draft managers to take that when he had such a decent season in 18-19, but for now, especially in eight-man leagues with more options, there's probably not a case to have Jota in your team. And it could be uh, a nice like-for-like swap, and you'll still have one of the guys who's supporting Jimenez up top. The second area is the Leeds midfield, and I could have mentioned a couple of their mids, but I'm going to just stick to mentioning uh, Click this week. Um, He was someone that was on my radar on draft day but never high enough realistically to end up in my squad my main attraction to him was that he's on penalty duty I'm not sure if Rodrigo will disturb that status quo but I guess we'll see when they win their first one but we saw last week that he can also score from from open play he seems to be involved in a lot of what Leeds did going forward my only hesitation is that he may struggle in FPL by being the guy who assists the assists more than anything else. But I think he's a, he's a great shout for a fifth midfield spot just to hang on to and see how he does for a two or three weeks. Similarly with the midfield, I'm going to be slightly more uh, general with the defenders and highlight some teams rather than specific players. Uh, the first one being Newcastle. So Lascelles and new signing Lewis are both um, owned in less than 10% of leagues across um, the majority of, of league numbers. Patchy opening few weeks in terms of fixtures, but from game week 7 to 14, a very nice run up to Christmas. So they could be ones that you can wait on a little bit. I would expect they're not going to be the hottest property this waiver deadline. So maybe ones that you just want to add to your watch list for now. Next is Everton. Um, 
particularly Keane and Seamus Coleman, who have pretty low ownership, especially in the eight-man leagues. Their ownership is higher um, as the leagues get into nine, ten plus um, number of managers. They've got West Brom at home, Palace away, and then Brighton at home in their next three. Um, picking up one of these defenders shouldn't be too difficult, as I said, uh, if our ownership stats are anything to go by. Everton, I think, were generally overlooked in normal FPL, and their opening performance will have attracted some attention. Don't expect these guys to be there for you to get next week if you want them. I think with that next uh, fixture against West Brom, making them very attractive. If you're a brand guy and prefer players from the bigger clubs, there could still be moves to make for the Chelsea defence with Christensen and Kurt Zuma. Who, Christian, for example, is owned in less than 4% of teams across uh, much of much of the draft universe. Um, but with Thiago Silva waiting in the wings and no particular standouts from that existing bunch of centre-backs, there's, there's no guarantee of game time at all. And they're not really ones that uh, I'd be looking at unless you were really desperate or could really afford to, to take a gamble. Finally, as with the midfield, it's Leeds. Um, and I'd say it's highly likely that if you wanted any of that Leeds back four, um, they should be there for you. They've got Fulham at home next, which is a really attractive fixture. And then Sheffield United away, which um, I don't see Leeds uh, doing too badly in either. They could easily take six points from those games in a clean sheet, at least one out of the two. Uh, Strauch, who um, started at centre-back alongside new signing Cock, both really under-owned. The full-backs, not quite so under the radar with Ailing and Dallas, whose ownership stats are really similar. I don't think many um, have been able to really uh, differentiate between the two of them. For eight-man leagues, the full-backs have got around 8% ownership, but that increases to about 20 six percent in the in the bigger league so they may not necessarily be there for you i think they're definitely the more attractive prospects they put up some good attacking returns last year but if you're just looking for uh to try and gamble on a clean sheet for the next couple of weeks then any of the four would do you fine following that they do have manchester city and wolves but you should be able to stream these guys fairly easily without having to worry about them disappearing off the waiver pile forever after that the only goalkeeper that I could fit into this list is Rodak, who's currently only owned by around eight percent of of. He's uh, currently only taken in around eight percent of leagues. But do you want a Fulham goalkeeper? Um, I think the reason that ownership is so low is because managers have said no, um, and have probably opted to select a decent goalkeeper in their backup, like De Gea and Henderson, for example which I'd probably rather do too. If you're really stuck, however, and ended up drafting uh, Dubravka and Henderson, Rodak may be one of the limited options out there for you. So if you're going to bring all of these gems in, you're going to have to make way and get rid of some. So I've uh, just got a, a relatively short list of players that look pretty overowned to my eye. On the numbers, uh, Dubravka is the first one. As I said, he's injured for a decent amount of time at the moment, but he was somehow picked up in 85% of eight-man draft leagues. So sort yourselves out, 
get rid of him and pick up somebody else. Defender-wise, David Luiz, again, injured at the moment. And if you really want an Arsenal defender, I'm sure you can find one. His league ownership currently sits at 88%. And he's probably not worth hanging on to and taking up a squad spot. Johnny for Wolves is uh, another one. He's currently taking in more than 80% of 8 and 10-man draft leagues. Um, He looks to be out for most of the season. Um, Big knee injury. No reason for him to be owned uh, in any league, um, certainly not, you know, somebody who's top tier that you're going to park on the bench all season. Get rid and get someone that's going to play. His replacement in that Wolves team, or who we thought would be his replacement, um, Vinagre, looks to have now been superseded by the new signing, Marcel. So, uh, again, he looks very overowned, but you should be able to do uh, a direct spot for that new signing if you're lucky. And the last defender I've highlighted is Zinchenko who has got pretty high ownership, uh, three quarters of, of eight team leagues and about half of 10 team leagues. Possibly the third choice uh, for that City left-back spot, and I think you could you can do better. Uh, the final one, and the most disturbing, um, who's owned by around 40% in 10 team leagues and in eight team leagues, somehow his ownership sits at around 70% is Meza Ozil, um, which, you know, I think we, we ran the numbers a couple of times just to just to check those. I'm not sure it's within the capabilities of FPL Draft Hub currently, but I hope someday soon our developers are able to enforce uh, some kind of penalty on managers that have picked him up in their squads. Um, there's, there's no excuse. He doesn't really look to be in Arteta's plans at all. Um, as has been the case for any of the managers for the last few years, so drop him. For now, with the strikers being so scarce, I'm not going to advocate binning anyone in particular, but as we get a few more weeks under our belts, um, I'll probably start to include some. My one to avoid this week, um, you know, maybe you're new to watching Premier League football and you've started a draft league with some some friends that are more into it than you, you may be looking at uh, the points from last week and thinking, you know, these are some good players to pick up. And one of those might be Jeff Hendrick, uh, very, very low ownership. I think less than, less than 1% of leagues uh, he's taken in. He has scored two and assisted two in his last three seasons, super consistent low output. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, he's already done half of what he's likely to do for the year and it's not worth keeping him another 37 weeks to find that other goal and assist. If you're really struggling and you fancy Newcastle against Brighton this week, you can try and ride that form just for that one game, but otherwise I would avoid. So that's it for the first uh, proper into the season episode hopefully you've been steered towards a player you may not have been considering that can help you out in the week or weeks ahead i'd welcome your feedback ahead of next week obviously it's slightly different to how we were doing things last year now that i'm armed with these uh, new stats i think this is how the format will stay for now i'm going to be less interested in giving you a game by game Uh, review because the majority of you will be watching games anyway I'll obviously still be 
uh, adding in some of my personal thoughts and stuff that I'm getting from the eye test in this, but um, I think it's it's better all around if we get down to business and I try and pull out some of the names that are likely to be available to you in your draft leagues. So as I've mentioned a few times uh, at the beginning, fpldrafthub.com is now live and kicking and totally free to use. You can have full unrestricted access to all of the numbers I'm looking at in this episode. You will not be able to get these kind of player ownership stats anywhere else. And if you combine that with the personalized um, stats, graphs, metrics for your team and league, there is nothing else like this out there at the moment for the official FPL Draft game. You can catch all future episodes of the FPL Draft Hub podcast wherever you usually listen to your pods. If you enjoyed this, please share it so others can have a listen. Subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future podcasts yourself. And if you're feeling really generous with your time, it would really help us out if you left us a review. If you've got any questions, ideas or feedback for us, the easiest way to get through is on Twitter at FPL Draft Hub Pod or at FPL Draft Hub. Uh, alternatively, if social media isn't for you, you can email us at fpldrafthubpod at gmail.com. So thanks for listening. Don't forget the waiver window is uh, half an hour earlier than you used to. And as always, stay shook. Stay shook.